0: And our chapter for today is chapter seven. Noah is getting ready for God to bring the flood. And as you begin to read this chapter, I'm sure you were amazed, as I am every time I read it, that God so worked it out that Noah collected all of the species that he needed to to get into the ark. And then it says that Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters were on the earth. Here is the story. God said, Noah, get all of the animals as I have instructed you into the ark. Many times, not a few, but many times when I have taught through the book of Genesis or taught about the flood, people have said, how did Noah get those animals to get into that ark? He said, get in the ark. You see, it wasn't until after the flood, that the animals had fear of man. Chapter 9, and verse 1 says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then verse 2 says this. This is chapter 9. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that moves on the earth and of all the fish in the sea, they are given into your hand. You see, animals did not fear man up until the flood. Everything was different before the flood. Now, it's interesting that the same kind of thing that happened in the antediluvian period, the days before the flood, those things are going to be enacted once again during the days of the messianic age, what those of us who are evangelicals call the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign of Jesus the Messiah. But the reality is, those days are going to be like the days that were before the flood. The wolf and the lamb will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like an oxen. And all of those things, just like it was before the flood, are going to happen again. Now think about it. Noah got all of these animals in according to the Species, and according to the numbers that God had given, there was a number for clean animals uh, and there was a number for unclean animals. Uh, clean animals had more uh, as far as number going into the ark because some of those were going to be used for sacrifice afterwards. And the Bible says that Noah took in his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, if you listen to the last podcast, you will remember that Shem, the firstborn's name is name. He is the one that carried on the name, the name of God. No Jewish person that is orthodox, no Jewish person that is observant would do anything whatsoever to say to try to speak the name of God. He just simply says Hashem, the name. So that is Shem's name. The word Shem means is defined. Name, And so the name was carried on through the eldest. What name? The name of almighty God, the one who sent the flood. And the scripture says that the flood was on the earth 40 days. This is verse 17. And the waters increased and lifted up the ark and it rose high above the earth. And the waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth and the ark moved along the surface of the water. "'And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, "'and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered.' Now, one of the things that I teach in hermeneutics is a sentence that speaks of a concept that we have to return to. That is, if you read a passage and the plain sense makes sense, let that be the sense, lest it all become nonsense. That is, if the Bible is a historical narrative, you have to take it as that. If it's speaking in literal terms, we have to take it in literal terms. God doesn't give us the authority to say, well, that historical narrative... I don't like that. I'm going to make that an allegory. Well, that's way above your pay grade and mine. God, the Holy Spirit does that. And so when the Bible says 40 days, he means 40 days. When he said above every high hill over all the earth, under all of heaven, then he means that. This was a worldwide flood. It was not a local flood. And all you have to do for proof of that is go to the highest mountain on earth and you will find there fossils of fish and evidence that it was once underwater. Well, the Bible even says it went yards above the highest mountain and there's some pretty high mountains because all of the terrain was changed after the flood. I want to encourage you to go to the website ICR Institution org. Ken Ham and the people that are a part of this great organization, have done us all a great favor in researching people of every walk of life, scientists, engineers, geologists, anyone you can imagine, they have called on the best to work with them, and they have done a tremendous amount of research. Yes, they're the people that have the ARC in Kentucky, in Covington, Kentucky. It is a great and wonderful organization. I studied under Henry Morris back in the late 70s and was in San Diego and was familiar with what he began and the Genesis record. I would encourage you to get the book by Henry Morris called The Genesis Record. It is a verse-by-verse commentary, if you can find it, on the book of Genesis. I'm not saying that I agree with Henry Morris at every level, but I want to tell you he was a great man of God and I miss him and I miss the things that he taught. But Ken Ham has done a tremendous job there. If you ever get the opportunity to take the Course Origins, it's offered by Carolina University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You can get it into your church. It's easy to do and it is a wonderful series with great Scholarship, and it will help your people to understand the lie of millions and billions of years. Most of what we credit to the climate and the changes in the terrain and the geology, the vast majority of that was done during the days of the flood and the runoff of the flood. I do not believe that the Grand Canyon took millions and billions of years. I think it took somewhere within a year because that was the period of the flood from the time it came to the time it ended. And remember that this was not just a big rain that rained for 40 days. The subterranean oceans were exploded and brought to the surface. Whatever was keeping the weather steady before the flood, all of that changed afterwards. All I'm saying is that transmutive evolution is a lie. God is the creator of heaven and earth God made the earth and God destroyed all the life of the earth that he had created at one point during this great time of the flood, except for Noah and his wife, Shem, Ham and Japheth and their wives. And they started all over again. And so that's what you have in Genesis chapter 7. You have the story of what God did during the days when Noah was in preparation for and inside the ark when the flood began. In chapter 8, we'll pick it up again. But for now, this is Tony Crisp, and this is On The Way. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp.